guys, it's Matt from Lakers Fan Club UK. Um, I'm here at the Lakers practice facility in El Segundo, and I'm here with uh, Nick Lagius. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, my name's Nick. I work uh, for South Bay Lakers, where I'm director of basketball, and I'm a basketball development coordinator for the LA Lakers. Okay. Um, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Um, it should be a really interesting listen to our followers. Um, some of them have sent in some of the questions that we have. Awesome. So, uh, you know, let's see where we go and uh, we'll take it from, from there, okay? Perfect. Um, so, I have a few questions written down. So, what do you make of the South Bay Lakers season so far? I mean, currently they're 11 and 21. Uh, there's a lot of hope going in to the season with a stacked roster. How, how do you think it's, it's panned out? It's, uh, the G League's just unique in that there's wins and losses, but you also get call-ups. So where we're struggling with wins and losses uh, because of a variety of reasons, we're uh, doing well with our call-ups. I think we lead the league with three call-ups this mm -hmm. year. Uh, Devontae Kaycock, Gary Payton, and now Zach Norvell, who got a call-up a couple days ago. Okay. So our guys are leaving South Bay, which is good, but uh, wins and losses, we've struggled. We've had, uh, I think, three season-ending injuries, and uh, mm -hmm. with a roster of 10, it kind of... I think we might have four season-ending injuries this season. So four to ten is just it's just hard to win because there's a couple games where we had six, seven players healthy. So that's really been a struggle. Um, like Travis Ware is out, Andre Ingram's out, mm -hmm. um, Talon was hurt for a while, Devontae Kaycock was hurt for a while, David Stockton, Demetrius Jackson. I mean, it's like our entire core has got hurt. So that's not the only reason why we're struggling, but that's been a big part of our struggles this year. Okay, and just quickly going on to like the G League. Um, obviously it's had a bit of a redevelopment in previous years and um, seems to be getting, seems to be in a little bit of a surge, doesn't it, at the mm -hmm. moment. But what do you think of the G League getting bigger? Do you think it's more prominent in the development of players um, getting into the NBA or do you think it kind of stands its own as being a strong um, league? There's been talks of it being like the middle ground of players maybe not going to college but mm -hmm. going into the G League. What are kind of your thoughts on the G League as a whole? Yeah, so this is my, uh, like, I've done this four and a half seasons now, so I've seen the G League really evolve. When I first started, there were some assignment players. I think on a normal game, there'd be like one or two max. Now you have assignment players and you have two-way contracts, which have been going on. This is the third year, I think, so... Now that there's legit and more NBA contracts actually in the game, if you're a G League contract player and doing well, then you're an NBA player. Before, it was kind of a mystery. It's like, oh, but he's just doing well in the G League. Like, it doesn't matter. Now that he, these players are doing well against actual NBA contracts, like assignment players in two ways, which are NBA contracts, I think it's just helped uh, make those players gain a little more respect. So it's, it's grown into a much better league in the four years I've seen and uh, yeah I don't know what will happen in the future with high school players if they'll come to the G League or anything like that but I just know the talent level has grown exponentially since I've been here. Definitely yeah and um, the questions that we've got here are kind of mixed up from a few guys in the group chat a few followers of Lakers Fan Club UK so kind of just going to work through them um, it's kind of links to the first question that I asked you um, as the South Bay Lakers, do you feel like a responsibility to develop players for the Lakers, or do you kind of focus on winning yourself? Like, how do you kind of find a balance there, or is it is it a bit of both? There is a it's a bit of both, and it's that's the tricky part. I think uh, being a head coach in the G League is 
one of the most difficult head coaching jobs there is. And because uh, there's, they have egos in the NBA, obviously, but there's to think there isn't egos in the G League is crazy. So there's still going to be some egos. And if a player isn't playing much in the G League, you know, they're not being paid a ton of money. So there's a lot of pressure that the coach gets. And on top of that, the coach also has to develop the players. So there's all these weird factors that they have to deal with. But uh, I think uh, you want the players, you want them to get out of South Bay. You want them to move on and have awesome careers. So you do want to develop, you know, Talon Horton Tucker and your two ways, Alex Caruso type players. But you also want to develop the G League contracts. And like Zach Novell is an awesome example. Gary Payton, they both got called up by other teams. And um, it's not good for South Bay, but we're, we're happy about it. Okay, and we'll get on to some of them players shortly. But in terms of players that come into the G League, whether they're young players or whether they're just NBA hopefuls, like Gary Payton, the second, I think, like 27, mm-hmm. so more, a bit older. What, what, what like, advice would you give to them coming into, G, in, into the G League and then kind of having eyes on the NBA? Is there kind of like a process that they have to trust, that they have to be patient? Because I suppose a lot of them may come in with a bit of an ego, thinking that they may be a bit above it and they're NBA bound, but yeah. they're not. They have to kind of prove themselves and, and work. So what, what advice would you give to a player? Yeah, I think uh, sticking to your role because... Uh, in the G League, they may be an above average or you know like an all star. They might be one of the best players on their team, but once they get to the NBA, they're not going to be that player. You know they're going to be they're going to do their role and they're going to do it well. So I think uh, we had Travis Ware his first year, and I think he was kind of hunting. He was trying to hunt for his shot. He was trying to score like you know twenty points, and so his efficiency dropped. And uh, I think what he learned his second year is like, I just need to play like how I'm gonna be in the NBA and I'm gonna be a spot shooter and when I'm open, I'm gonna shoot, but I'm not gonna force anything. And he was eventually called up and he finished the season with the Lakers. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's as easy as sticking to your role. You know, if, you, if you're not a scorer in the NBA, like if that's just not who you're gonna be, then you shouldn't try and be it in the G League because you know, even if you do score 25 points a game, you probably are not going to be that efficient if you're not a natural scorer. So I, I really think it's just sticking to your role and doing your role well. Okay, and in terms of some of the players that, um, especially Laker fans, have their eyes on the players on two-way deals. Yeah. Obviously, there's Hot and Tucker as well that you've mentioned. We'll kind of take it through the order of Costas Afton to Kumpo, Devontae Kaycock, and then Hot and Tucker. How have they all been developing? Have they been doing well? Because obviously some of the guys watching may loosely have a bit of an interest in South Bay but may not be following as strictly as they have been the Lakers. Yep. So how, how have they all been doing? Have they been doing well? Yep, so Costas, all three of them have uh, grown greatly this year. Since we have been shorthanded, they've had to do a lot. So that's the one benefit with having only seven, eight players on a given night. Um, Costas has grown uh, enormously. He's still tall. He hasn't grown that way, but he's uh, he's looked really good. He's uh, defensively a beast and real strong around the rim. Uh, Devontae Kaycock, he was out for I think like three or four weeks with a foot injury, but he's back now. But his first game or second game back, he was 15 for 16. I mean, he is. Uh, I was at the showcase just watching everybody, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kaycock's one of the best players here. I mean, I think his. Uh, Ceilings, I think it's pretty big. So we'll see if, if he gets time with the Lakers this year, if that's next year. Um, obviously, I have a lot of big men with the LA Lakers, yeah. but I do think when he gets his chance, he's going to be pretty special. And then uh, Taylor Horan Tucker, he's, I think, the youngest NBA contract in the entire NBA. 
he spent almost all of the season with South Bay. And since we have been shorthanded, he's had the – I'm still trying to figure out what position he'll be in the NBA, but uh, yeah. I think he'll be like a two – like a shooting guard, small forward, but he's been playing a lot of point with us too, and mm-hmm. he's a uh, he's like a playmaking guard. I guess that's the best way of putting it. Yeah. But uh, he's grown enormously uh, defensively. He's going to be good. He just kind of gets in passing lane, gets a lot of deflections. He's just like uh, I don't know what his equivalent is in the NBA, but I'll figure that one out. But I think he's going to be good. Yeah, because I think with Horton Tucker, with um, when I've done a few articles on him, done a little bit of research. Obviously, I think he, he's quite short, like six foot four in yeah. terms of like NBA height. That is. Yeah. Um, and then I think he has like a over like maybe seven foot two wingspan. Yeah. Um, and then I think his hands, I think I saw somewhere like the same size as Kawhi Leonard or something. Yeah. Um, what What did you think when you first saw him then? Because obviously, appearances, are, I think maybe quite deceiving with Horton right. Tucker. I think a lot of people were a bit unsure of, of, of how it be. Kind of looks. Um, People thought he was maybe a bit overweight, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, what was kind of your first impressions when, when you saw him? Well, he, uh, I, I saw a film of him at Ohio State, uh, Iowa State, sorry. And uh, it's just hard with college versus NBA. College basketball is uh, coaches, it's coaches league, essentially. The coaches run everything. NBA G League is kind of like the players. So you put it in the player's hand, you tell them what to do. But you don't have like a strict, strict system where in college, you look at Kuzma with Utah or Horton Tucker with Iowa State, they're kind of restricted in what they can and can't do. So I think now that, which, so when I was watching film, I kind of struggled. I'm like, I see physically what he can be. And there was flashes what he can be, but he wasn't allowed to do everything that he can now do with the Lakers, same as Kuzma. So, um, but he grew on me and big time and he also hurt his foot so he's out until yeah. like just the start of the season but uh that's the hard part of scouting college versus uh, NBA is sometimes you can't really see what these guys are capable of but fortunately our scouts did and I think he's gonna be a really good player okay um and in terms of, of them players and uh, in the last four, four years you've seen a lot of players come through in the G League there's quite a high turnover rate it, mm-hmm. it seems in, in terms of players but this is um, one of the questions that we've got from one of the guys in the group chat, and it says, what is the most singular, most translatable trait that you look for in a G League player that will translate to the NBA level? I, yeah, I think I go back to just doing their role well. So they won't always get, the players I do well in the G League, they won't always have the best stats, mm-hmm. but they will just stay focused on their role, and they'll not get frustrated with being in the G League. That's a big struggle that a lot of NBA players will uh go through if they are assigned they'll kind of uh maybe think that it's like a punishment and the team doesn't care about them but i think it's the players that focus on getting better and uh sticking to their role because a lot of guys when they get assigned just try and do way too much and then you're getting into bad habits because you want to play in the g league how you're going to play in the nba so if you come down here and try and be like michael jordan you know you might be able to do it but uh that's not going to be who you'll be with the lakers so when you get called to lakers you can't be michael jordan you know you can't do everything um, so I think it's guys just focusing on their role and believing the coaching staff that they should just be the player that will that they'll be in the NBA. Yeah. So it sounds like it's not necessarily physical traits, but more like mental attitude, things like that, kind of trust in the process. Absolutely. Um, sounds like that's the, the most important thing there. Um, I have to ask you about Alex Caruso. Yeah. Um, are you the singular reason why he's so good? Can we put the uh, his success down to just you? Or? It's a team <laughs> effort, but uh, 
like Nick Mazzella, uh, Joey Buss, myself, we all liked him when he was with Oklahoma City Blue because we had Josh Majette, who was also one of, he was probably the best point guard in the league at that point. And then uh, he's probably still now the best point guard in the G League, Josh Majette. But uh, he locked him up pretty well. And we're like, who, you know, we didn't really know much about Caruso. And we were watching the playoffs uh, there against Santa Cruz, and he had an unbelievable block. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but we've got to keep a closer look. But uh, fortunately, we were able to sign him to a, a two-way contract for two years. And he, uh, he, but that's the type of player where I think he sometimes is better with the Lakers than he was with the South Bay Lakers. Because with the South Bay Lakers, he was our best player, but he's not really the guy where he wants to be. He shouldn't really be your number one scoring option. You know, he's he can do it, and he was still good. I think we're like one of the best teams in the league with him and Thomas Bryant. But uh, once he can get to the Lakers and stick to his role player type of position, he is clearly one of the best in the NBA at that. Yeah, because we had um, Misha on the podcast mm-hmm. um, not long ago. Uh, this is Misha who works in uh, strength and conditioning at South Bay. And um, he was saying that a lot of the coaches down at the G League level um, just kind of were urging the Lakers, well, that were involved in South Bay, were just urging the Lakers to just kind of take their time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, maybe... Um, his looks might be deceiving. I think he had a bit of a streaky start when he first yeah. came to the Lakers. It didn't exactly happen overnight. Yeah. Um, but he does all the small things, and um, Laker fans certainly appreciate that. Yeah. And um, it seems that whether it's like deflections or kind of taking charges, things like that, he's just willing to, again, down to attitude, yeah. accepting his role. Um, what would you, wh- where do you think he goes from, from here? Do you think so? At the moment, he's very much kind of like a solid role player. Mm-hmm. Do you think he can, in terms of the Lakers or the NBA, do you think he can become a starter? Do you think his development can push even further? Because he's still relatively young, isn't he? Yeah, he's still, I think he's 25 or 26, so he's still young and he keeps getting better, which is big. I think that's another uh, trait for guys who do well in the G League. There's players who kind of max out at a certain level, mm-hmm. and then there's players that continually to get better, and Caruso obviously continued to get better. I think he averaged like maybe 10 points a game his first year, up to like 18, and then you know that was that, but then he was off the Lakers. But um, I think uh, in terms of being a starter, I think absolutely could be, but the NBA is you know, each team will have a couple stars, one or two stars, but after that, it's really, you have role players, so even if you're an elite role player, you can still be an absolute legend in the game, so, you know, whether he grows into a starter or not, I just think if he keeps doing his role as as best as he can do, then he can be a big name for Lakers or in basketball in general. Yeah, definitely. Um, With the Lakers, what what are your thoughts on the season so far? Obviously, it's been a very, very good start. the playoffs are, are a lock. Um, yeah. First time in practically ten years. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people think that you know they could go all the way. They could um, have a very successful season, um, and it's kind of started that way. So, what, what what are your thoughts on on the season so far? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, when we traded for Anthony Davis, I knew we were going to improve, but I didn't think we would uh, shoot to the one seed. And I think we have a game, a couple game lead on that as well. Yeah. So. I didn't expect that to happen. So obviously we knew Anthony Davis, LeBron were going to be good, but uh, roster spot three through seventeen, the two two ways, have done a uh, amazing job as well. And everyone's bought in. It's sometimes you get these really good teams where you know your top five or six are happy and like it's all good, and then seven through 
the end of the bench, guys are upset with their playing time. But I think when we do have those injuries, the the guys can fill in and they do an awesome job. So we had a couple of games we dropped like four in a row and like three in a row. But outside of that, it's like we've had an unbelievable season so far. So hopefully we can just stay healthy and it's going to be an exciting finish for the NBA. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's all the questions I have, and we'll let Nick uh, go because it is game day. We're here for the Memphis Hustle game uh, in at the practice facility uh, shortly. Um, I would also like, whilst we're on camera, like to say thank you. Um, thank you for just opening your arms and welcoming us into like the Lakers family. Yep. Um, being in the UK, especially a kid growing up with the Lakers and then having the opportunity to come here and for Tina as well, who's behind the camera. Um, we would just like to say thank you on, on camera. It's very much appreciated. And to the guys watching and listening, all the content we get is because of this man. So uh, thank him as well. Um, so yeah, thank you. Uh, no, no problem, glad you guys can make it. And uh, I grew up, maybe not cheering for the Lakers, but uh, <laughs> I didn't never, I never thought I would be here and it's truly a dream, so. Yeah, I'm glad that we were able to connect, and um, certainly we'll stay in touch, but hope we can do this more. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we'll let you go. Um, thanks for joining us. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get a bit more content on the on the channel from, from today's um, game. So do stay tuned. Okay, thanks for watching and listening, guys. See ya. <laughs>